I thought when John sent me the episode's message this morning, I thought Oregon done fucked up now. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, people are not yeah. going to just sit back. People are not going to just be like, oh, well, okay, I guess we'll just let y'all have your way then. No. Every time you try to stop somebody from doing something, you just light the fucking fire underneath of them to do it more. So the religious practitioners and just make it known that 60-something percent of the people who expressed interest in psilocybin sessions under legal supervision in Oregon expressed that out of a desire for spiritual growth. It's not mental health that drives this. And so all of those people that are now going to see the government of Oregon wants to treat our religious sacrament, our sacred practice, like a business. I got a feeling that's probably going to ruffle a few feathers. The amazing thing about the mushrooms is that they speak, they talk to you, they will answer questions, carry on conversations. Psilocybin just pulls up a chair on the porch and puts its feet up. Hello there, welcome back to another episode of Psilocybin Says. I'm your co-host, Eric Osborne. My wonderful wife, Courtney Rose, is also the other host and she'll be joining us on this episode. If this is your first time with us, well, welcome. This is a unique program where we talk about everything, really, as it relates to psilocybin. In our episode today, we are specifically talking about sanctuaries, sacred mushroom seminary. If you've been listening to the show at all, then you probably know that Courtney and myself co-founded Sanctuary Sacred Mushroom Church. This is a big deal. Everybody knows psychedelics are coming back into vogue. Uh, We're seeing a lot of the talk in the therapy and academic worlds about the power of psychedelics, but here's the truth. The medical community got psilocybin from the spiritual community, not the other way around. And so we are here to reclaim our right express our belief, and invite you to join if you feel similar. We've got 21 clerics in this first round of cleric training, and then some of those folks are going to move on to the minister ordination program that's coming online in September. This is a very exciting time for us. It's a very exciting time for sacred mushroom practice, and I am so happy to be sharing this with you. This episode starts a little bit slow, but man, oh man, as you can maybe tell from the intro, I got a fire lit up under me as we got talking. This is for real. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people were murdered, imprisoned, ostracized, marginalized, demonized because of their use of sacred mushrooms, which now are being talked about as this most powerful therapy, 20 years of therapy in one afternoon. Yeah, we knew that all along. And yet we still went to prison and still were murdered for it. So now is the time. Stand up. Speak your mind. Speak your belief. I'm here to support you. And I look forward to (laughs) this crazy ride with you. Like we say at Sanctuary, one people under the mushroom. Hope you enjoy this episode. Please, please, please do us a favor. Like, share, five-star rating. Tell your family. Tell your friends. Raise your voices, raise your hands. If you know that psilocybin is a healing sacrament, a powerful tool that can shift not only perspectives, but the global community towards a spiritual health that we are sorely in need of. Hey, welcome to another episode of Psilocybin Says. This is Courtney Rose. And Eric Osborne. Today we are talking about 
being a cleric with Sanctuary. That and more, I think, uh, at least in my mind, more. I am wrapping my head around the reality that we are creating a sacred mushroom seminary that we have created that's in the very early stages of creation. And I think I think it's the only one in the world. I think it's the first, at least in this time in recorded history. I don't even know of any time in recorded human history when there has been a religious school for the use of sacred mushrooms. I feel pretty confident saying, based on all of my Googling, <laughs> that at least this is the first public mm-hmm. sacred mushroom seminary. It's pretty astounding. We have done a number of firsts. Uh, and wow, you know, Myco being the first public psilocybin wellness retreat felt the novelty of that a lot more. Like, wow, this is really big, and this is we're doing this thing that's nobody else is doing. And but with this, it's more softer entry, quieter, you know. And uh, it, while I think that it has the potential to have a whole lot more impact, I feel like I'm going into it with a a little more tempered perspective and approach. Hmm. What was, do you mean by that? Well, I mean when when I when I I we started Myco. Um, I don't think it's wrong to say that there was a significant amount of pride and ambition in that, and and maybe it was more about a drive to do, you know, I I was very focused on doing, on, on willing this thing into existence. Whereas with the seminary and sanctuary overall, uh, I've been much more in the mode of allowing it to come into existence. Mm-hmm. Knowing that it's there, I know, I know that it exists. I can see the future. That's really interesting to think about. When I reflect back on this directly coming into our minds and actually drafting this on paper and that morning that we had, mm-hmm. do you remember that? Mm-hmm where it just all came through like a download. It's funny because I found when I was cleaning out our office space, Mm -hmm. I found a framework that you put together for training facilitators back in, it was probably like 2016 or 17. Mm -hmm. You put together this framework on Mm -hmm. training facilitators for Maiko in Jamaica and you were you developed a training manual then mm. and I found the beginnings of that it dawned on me this is not something that was developed this year this new cleric cert new mm. quote-unquote mm. cleric certification program this is something that really you've been developing for years yeah and working on but what I'm Perceiving as something even bigger than just cleric training program or a minister ordination program. You know, a seminary is a university for the study and exploration of spiritual topics. And those seminaries are usually directed in a certain vein, you know, like 
Southern Baptist seminary or a Catholic seminary or whatever, you know, and while training of, you know, the clergy is a certainly a central part of that, it is really much more than that. It's, it is creating a culture. It is developing a lineage, which is where this really, if I allow myself and today, as we've been talking about doing this podcast and as we launched the training program yesterday and I allow myself to think about it that's what I understand is re- is really happening and it's something that I am to a certain extent resistant to because me personally I have no lineage there's no lineage to the teachings the education that I've gained I've studied the life of Maria Sabina, and I've studied the history of psilocybin across cultures, and I've, of course, studied the modern research and everything, but all of my practices and everything that I understand about the sacred mushroom practice and the culture of it is organic. While a big part of me is honored and humbled and proud and excited and all those things that you might imagine around developing presenting your lineage or whatever part of that is my insistence that people that come and work with sanctuary or that train with us who attend our seminary that they are allowed to bring themselves into the practice that this is not something that you you have to adopt my way of doing things it is something where you get to bring yourself in, and I will eagerly share what information I have learned over the years, but I want all of the people who study with us to, to apply that information in their own unique way. Does that make sense? The way that I'm interpreting that is that you have how many years of experience working with the mushroom and communing with the mushroom and other people and holding space for other people in the mushroom and you have a lot of valuable skills and knowledge to bring and share and so does everyone who is a part of sanctuary mm. and already just developing this particular the beginning phase of this what could be a, a lineage of learning and growth in a seminary or teaching and sharing knowledge format already we've seen that people have come forth that have contributed mm-hmm. you know quite a lot to yeah. the program as it stands and i can imagine there will be so much more of that people bringing perspectives that help us grow and come together and bring in more types of people into sanctuary. Mm -hmm. I would love to see sanctuary become a very diverse spectrum of people from walks, different walks of life. Is that kind of what you're getting at that? Yeah. Yeah. I just think that, you know, Maiko was more like my baby. This is my baby. You come in, this is mine. I created this and this sanctuary I feel more like this is ours. Totally. Totally. I as well feel that I feel a level of certainly a level of responsibility 
in Mm -hmm. the position that we're in with sanctuary and Mm -hmm. we do have that responsibility Mm -hmm. i mean we've already asked people to step out and we have to there will come times when people it's not a good fit and that's not a call that either of us like to make and as our community grows and we have more individuals that we trust to help make those decisions then they aren't just on us yes we have developed the code of ethics and the bylaws that we come back to for all of those decisions that we make with sanctuary and i love the vision of sooner than later hopefully we have a large board of advisors and directors that can we all are really coming together Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. holding everyone accountable and it comes to those decisions i like what you were saying with sanctuary i feel way less like this is something we have to keep and protect and guard and not share with other people with other organizations like i love that with sanctuary we can we're more focused on uniting Mm -hmm. with other churches and other perspectives organizations organizations and let's share the knowledge that we have and even down to like the financials and our operation guidelines and all of that because we want to make them better Mm -hmm. make our decisions stronger and be transparent so that we can do that and I think it's really valuable that we're bringing a spiritual perspective into the educational models. Um, full respect to you know CIIS and Naropa and uh, Psychedelics Today and all those who have other training certification programs. But this is a spiritual thing. This is a spiritual experience, and you know that's one of the frustrating aspects or annoying or is what it is with you know around Oregon and kind of a lot of the popularization of psychedelics is that the clinical therapeutic work seems to be expressing a sort of authority over the psychedelic space it seems that the mystical spiritual aspect of it is secondary and we know that's not the case we know that the spiritual mystical aspect is primary and that these were spiritual sacraments long 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 before they were clinical therapies or any kind of medicine and so that we're we're presenting that and helping that have a presence in the public discourse and in the learned and applied techniques is very important it's very important i love that coming from that perspective we can open up sanctuary to everyone that is in alignment with our values you don't have to have a license in a therapeutic field or have gone to school for years and years and years and paid all this money to different institutions to (laughs) gain a license and training in order to even come into this training program to learn how to hold space for other people, which from my perspective is really just, it's a human right. Like we Mm -hmm. should be able to help teach each other how to hold space for people or how to hold space for each other Mm -hmm. 
and that shouldn't require a fifty hundred thousand dollar tuition in order to do that and i think that could very well be why we are in a mental health which i think is really a spiritual health crisis right now in our world we have very little if any education as a society as a whole on holding space for each other is is that a part of schooling anywhere (laughs) when you talk about holding space what's that mean to you to me it applies of course to any conversation around communing with sacrament and it also applies to being present for others in our community when other people in our community are going through tough times need support in any kind of way what kind of tools have we been equipped with as humans in today's world to know how to be there and be present for the other people in our community for instance when it comes to death and having loved ones die That is one of the hardest topics for people to talk about. There's been so many times where I've had friends who've had loved ones pass tragically throughout my life so far. And I have felt totally ill-equipped to know what to say to them, know what not to say to them, and felt like it's not okay to even talk about it. I felt like It's hard to even talk about the topic of death with people I know. Mm -hmm. And it's overall has felt like it's been like an avoided thing, something that we just shouldn't talk about. Like this is just an example I'm giving of holding space and that I think we've made it a lot more complicated as a society than it needs to be because we just are afraid of it and it's not talked about enough. It shouldn't be only therapists that are trained or are able to be trained on topics of talking about death, which is a primary life experience (laughs) that everyone will go through Mm -hmm. and birth as well. That's Mm -hmm. something that is a pretty uncomfortable topic for a lot of people and so there's a whole lot of very uncomfortable topics there's a lot of very uncomfortable topic topics and so programs like this first cleric certification program these should be accessible to everybody that is interested in them i, I really appreciate what you're saying about it being a lot simpler then we make it. But at the same time, it's not as simple as it seems. It is as simple as as really being present and being compassionate and being and allowing and being open. The levels on which we experience those senses, those sensations, can be very deep and complex and multi layered and we can be required to to feel many things at one time we we may be required to transmute or contain or support a lot of energy that we don't have ways to describe or even really understand very well at the same time you know we hear things like just recently heard a experience of someone who went to a group psychedelic ceremony and you know we've seen this happen with individuals trained by Johns Hopkins who left before everybody was back to baseline consciousness and that's a very simple thing it's a very simple rule but it doesn't mean that it's easy 
because the this work requires a ton of energy and a ton of concentration if done well. And most of this stuff, you know, like maybe everything in the world, really, uh, the words that we use to describe aren't actually how we teach, how we educate. It's more, it's all about the experience. It's all about being in the midst of it. And we can share information, certainly, that helps to prepare us, but it's when you're in the midst of it that, you know, you've really got to be, you're, you're, you're being put to, te- to the test as to how you respond. Um, and so, you know, when I think of this idea of holding space, it is as simple as being fully present for the duration of which you are required. And that is not a linear time. That's not a time that's marked by movement on a clock. That responsibility is denoted by the stability, the groundedness of the person that you are, people that you are with. And that's such a, it it can fluctuate so many times in experiences. I've seen people think that they're done you know, like, well, okay, I guess uh, it's over. And if you hang around for an hour or two, you find out that they have another set of waves to go through. If you listen to your intuition, how do you teach intuition? Um, but if you listen to your intuition, then you are more likely to know when and how to respond much more so than if you listen to or lean on the medical materials that say a psychedelic experience will last eight hours or psilocybin lasts this long and just put on this long johns hopkins playlist and and put on your headphones and everything will be okay yeah um so you know while the cleric training is really exciting and there is of course practicum built into it when i when i really start thinking about the future of this seminary and what it looks like in terms of real-time practice with the mushroom that gets me really going because it's you know I love talking about this stuff and we 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 have and will have great conversations uh, that can and do transmit valuable information but it's see when people see like holy you know I feel like that the day that you were, were there in Bluefields Bay for that big dose that we had with uh, DECA, you know, and all the Sunday times and stuff. You've heard me, us, Micah, you heard us talk a lot about what these experiences look like and what it's like to take care of people and how blah, 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 variable and shifting and et cetera and all that. And you've been a part of a few, but that was one really big, powerful experience that you gained I think a lot bigger perspective on like <laughs> what all this entails mm-hmm. and you know me the most for the most part that day I I think that it looks like for the most part people are like you know well he's just having a good time because that day in particular I did I did a lot but I didn't do a lot either like I danced a lot I laughed I uh, stood there I vibrated I you know stood beside people and smiled and it, it doesn't look like on the outside necessarily a whole lot when you're in there with it and you understand that you experience more than understand 
the energy that's moving and the dynamic of all of those energies working together, then you're like, holy shit, this is a, this is a <clears throat> lot more than I had imagined. Wow. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying. This is why you are teaching. Was that clear? This not, <laughs> Thank you for clarifying the point about it's simple and then it's actually also not simple. There's two sides of that coin. This is why you're teaching the program and not me. <laughs> and that day at Bluefields Bay, you say it doesn't look like you were doing all that much from the outside. But to me, I know everybody there that particular day was very glad they didn't have your responsibility. <laughs> Every single person that was in that yard was looking at you like that man right there is doing a job I do not want right now. <laughs> that was very clear that you were very experienced in that realm that I know all, all communions with the mushroom in a group do not look like that. <laughs> But there's enough that do uh, to yeah, warrant a very experienced person uh, in the space mm -hmm. to help. <laughs> so you're so right. It's like I'm, I'm glad you brought up the point about the experience. Like we can learn all we want to in a classroom. And I know that there's doctors everywhere and all kinds of people that have gone through years and years of schooling and not gotten to actually get the experience in the field until the schooling is done mm -hmm. that will agree mm -hmm. that it's the experience mm -hmm. that is where you really learn mm -hmm. and where you become actually a professional mm -hmm. at what you're doing. So I'm so grateful that Sanctuary is able to assist in providing that experience to the clerics that are going through this program mm -hmm. in the two years following the certification, mm -hmm. which is really special. Yeah. And it, it is worth noting how different that is than other uh, training programs where some of them replace the actual psilocybin experience with ketamine or breath work mm -hmm. or any number of other modalities that frankly don't compare. I've, I've done ketamine, I've done breath work, I've done a lot of LSD, I've done a lot of MDMA, I've done a lot of, I've done a lot of drugs, I've done a lot of practices, I've done a lot of things. And all of them are very different and it's not to in any way negate any of the other experiences. They're all very powerful in their own right, but they all have their own unique imprint and they all require that experience in plenty to become a professional in that experience. Right. <laughs> and that's where my big, like, I know this is a shtick that I've kind of been banging for a while, but I think I know that it's, it's relevant. We should not be putting our, um, selves, our vulnerable selves into the care of those who don't, understand what they're doing because they haven't had the experience and 
You know, there's always learning that happens along the way that's 100%, and nobody's ever, like, you know, I may be a professional, but I've got a lot more that I can continue to learn and practices that I can continue to hone. But there, there, is, there is a very real potential for harm and damage to come to people. And, you know, the person who I talked with that went through this unsupported ceremony was obviously, to a certain extent, traumatized by it. Mm-hmm. And I've experienced that a number of times. I've experienced a number of people who came out of unsupported sessions, be they in a shamanic sense or a clinical sense, and were really fucking rattled and needed recovery. They needed ad- extra support in their work with me because of the trauma that had been inflicted by these previous experiences. It's just an encouragement, really, for those who would seek to hold space for people with psilocybin to, first and foremost, take it real, real, real slow, real slow. If you can't get into a training program that actually has real experience behind it and it's not just theoretical and you still feel called to do this work because that's something that's worth noting is that many people are authentically called to do this it is coming back up into the human experience and not because we're choosing it because because it is emanating it's coming to us because now is the time that we're ready for it and so there are a lot of people who are certainly authentically being moved in this direction and there aren't always the resources and the teachers i did not have a teacher that was the thing i would have absolutely i love i love getting education i've thought being a perpetual student would be something i would enjoy a great deal and in many respects i am but i didn't have someone that i could learn how to work with mushrooms from but i was absolutely compelled there was no choice I do recognize that I was patient and I was slow with it. It was many, many years of me going into this experience by myself or in the company of others at a very moderate pace, you know, low doses, infrequent, and then gradually increasing the frequency and then gradually increasing the dosage for a very long time before I felt capable to really administer to other people. Um, And even, you know, when we met in 2013, that was really the beginning stage of when I felt really competent and confident. And there were a number of people that I sat with for, you know, a few years uh, that I kind of practiced with them over and over and over and over and over and over. Yeah, it was only probably about six months before we met that I started to feel like, all right. I can do this safely for other people where I don't, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not the only one who is at risk. Yeah. That part about you not having someone to learn from. That's the thing with like coming, kind of coming back to the beginning of this conversation where you mentioned, you know, you hesitate to talk about a lineage kind of forming from sanctuary in the culture Mm-hmm. That's developed because you're not from a specific lineage that practices with mushrooms. There's such a big conversation there 
because there have been and I'm sure there will be plenty more people that say that sanctuary doesn't have the right to offer mushrooms as communion and hold space for other people because there's not that lineage Mm -hmm. um, right now. However, there's this like lingering question that I have and have had quite some time now. Well, there's multiple questions. One of them being, does that mean that only an existing lineage can has the right? What am I trying to say? Essentially, like how else are we to have access to the gift of mushrooms that grow in our backyard Mm. for us Mm -hmm. to eat? Mm -hmm. Or do they just grow to grow? Mm. And they don't want us to eat them and commune with them without having some kind of ability to practice and share the knowledge that we've learned with Mm. our community. Because it's not like we can go and practice with Mazatec people. Like, we're not invited. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's pretty clear. We're not going to be invited to learn Mm -hmm. from them unless some miracle happens. And furthermore, without a shadow of a doubt, appreciate and respect where we are now um, because of Mazatec people and their traditions mm-hmm. and that coming here. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks to Maria Sabina and her people, we're here. I mean, Martin Luther had to pin the 95 Thesis on the door to the Catholic Church. You know, somebody, somebody has to, at some point, if we're going to have a shift, either someone or some people, you know, got to be where it starts, period. And that's like... The whole kind of the bullshit around the lineage thing is to me is like <laughs> it's only a lineage because it's been going on for a long time. Right. Like somebody started it. Right. And that's where it started. But w- but when that person started it, you guarantee that people who were on the ground level there who were at the same time and place were telling that person, you can't do this. You can't do this. But they did it because they knew they could. And then it became a lineage. And mm-hmm. now we look back and say well we respect that person because they stood up and did the thing that they knew it was right to do Mm -hmm. and so that's what I'm doing and that's I guess there's two things that I feel like that I bring to sanctuary one is all the years that I have been working with mushroom the other is that I am willing to stand up and publicly say this is my divine right and it's yours too and I will support you I will stand beside you if you choose to claim this right as your own as well and there's other things that I bring sanctuary but those are the two big things that I feel like because somebody's got to do it somebody's got to stand up and say this is my spiritual practice period and I don't have to justify it I don't have to explain it I just have to practice it and it's on you to prove that it's not and how are you going to prove this is not my spiritual practice when it's all I talk about. This is how my spirit grows. This is how I become more self-actualized. I am grateful to have that determination, and much of that determination comes from the collective memory of our people being murdered for their practice. It is very real that the Catholic Church came over to South and Central America and murdered people and cited their use of mushrooms and their communion with demons, they said, as part of the reason for that. And then they stole their gold and took it all over the Vatican and 
these are still you know, the influencing forces of the day. I think it's time that we take back our God-given natural right to these little saints, to these gifts of the earth. You know, the, the, the fact, you know, I had a lot of family go to prison for cannabis. We should be still fucking livid as a human race that people can be put in prison for plants. There is no justification. There is no backing down. There is no calming down. Get the fuck out of my way. This is a plant that grows on this earth that is good for me. Like the best reason you got is because it makes me think funny thoughts is a justification for putting me in prison. So there's there's a fuel behind my actions over the years that hasn't hasn't really been expressed a lot, um, but I feel it. I feel and I have I have cried many many tears in the mushroom space over the healers, the powerful healers, the saints who were killed by these other religions. That weren't even founded in these religions that aren't even like actually founded in a sincere connection to the earth. It's just a connection to a power structure. So that's one of the things I bring that I bring that fire <laughs> behind everything that I do. I can feel it. I'm glad that I'm not as, you know, kind of aggressive as I used to be. I used to be really like that kind of rage against the machine, burn this motherfucker down. Yeah, and I used to actually see flames in your <laughs> eyes when you yeah. got on that yeah. little soapbox. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now I, it's a little more tempered. Well, I think it comes as you as as you gain confidence in the knowing. You don't have to be defensive. Mm-hmm. Just no, go ahead, try to fucking take this down. The spores travel through space. Jokes on you. <laughs> Time is not even real. You know, I, I don't even know where I came from. Like this, this, all this stuff that is emanating from us is not from us. It's coming from the invisible. And so, you know, go ahead. You see what happens when you try to suppress the truth. Well said. <clears throat> I feel a little overwhelmed with emotion right now. Just feeling how grateful I, I guess is the term thinking of our children and feel tears come to my eyes when I think about making an impact really thinking about like our grandchildren and just hoping that they don't have to fear going to jail for practicing sincerely communing with like what is it's really hard to put it into words but it feels really good knowing that hopefully we're helping empower people just like our people on this planet mm-hmm. for many years to come feels really good yeah yeah and that's again we can just kind of be a little more playful be a little more relaxed and trust the process you know of all the hours and all the teachings of the mushroom the uh, most difficult one to learn is the simplest and that is that you can just trust the process Whatever whatever that looks like, you know, we went to jail. Uh, there are apparent atrocities that happen all the time when you get into that place where time is not a thing and you understand that truth cannot be suppressed, light cannot be dimmed. There is only light, and darkness does not chase away light ever. Darkness is only absence of light. It is light that always removes darkness. 
and it is truth that always removes falsehood. Come to really feel this notion of past lives, you know, of existing before we exist now through the work with mushrooms. I think that's one of the influencing factors that helps me just know that it's all good. It's all good. All the heads they chopped off for mushrooms, fucking coming right back. We're not going anywhere. We're not going anywhere. We didn't go anywhere. It looks like you put me in jail. It looks like you put me in prison. But guess what? There are no walls that can hold spirit. So this is a really, really, really powerful thing. Really powerful time. And I'm recognizing that more and more. As David Hawkins illustrated so clearly that power always overcomes force. And that power, real power, is playful and lighthearted and enjoys the ride. Because it knows that the ride never stops. Thank you for that reminder. What do you think psilocybin says to all the clerics in training? <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'd have to ask them. Well, um, what, what do you imagine? <laughs> what would the mushroom, if there was a, what would you imagine the mushroom would tell, say to those who are coming to be students of the mushroom? Enjoy the ride. Mm. You got this. Thank you. Buckle up or not, <laughs> whatever you want. <laughs> Buckle up or don't, I don't care. We're still going. <laughs> yeah. Uh, welcome to the party. Too many selections there. To choose, <laughs> well, choose what do you think? From. What do you think? Oh, God, I think all that's great. Psilocybin would say. I think all that's great. I think, in, I think enjoy the ride is one of the the biggest takeaways you know trust the process and enjoy the ride because um, you know again like back with Maiko I thought I was doing this thing and I wasn't the only time I wasn't enjoying it is when I thought I was in charge and when I realized that I'm not in charge and I open up and allow for the thing to run its course the way that it is beautifully running not only did I have a lot more fun but things worked out a lot better too <laughs> Good point. Not discouraged by Oregon's vote. I'm not discouraged by that. I'm not discouraged by those who would discourage us. I just smile at it all and know that it's all part of the game. Yeah. I mean, Oregon's vote, certainly, there's two sides, right, to everything. Like, of course, it's disappointing hearing the news, and especially for the people that worked Mm -hmm. so hard like mm -hmm. John Dennis mm -hmm. and really spent a lot of time and energy on that but his work like on the other side of the coin like it wasn't for nothing this is just the first mm -hmm. round and how many people learned so much about the entheogenic practitioner side mm -hmm. of practicing with mushrooms mm -hmm. and learned that that's even a thing in mm -hmm. existence mm -hmm. so many people right now who are learning about practicing with mushrooms are only hearing about the therapy side of it, the mm -hmm, mm -hmm. quote unquote therapeutic side mm -hmm. and the research and all of that. So I am so grateful for John Dennis and everyone involved mm -hmm. there in the education uh, that was had and it's just going to keep building momentum. And so, yeah, it's only the beginning and, you know what I thought when I heard when John sent me the so I was message this morning, I thought, Oregon done fucked up now. <laughs> 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 Seriously. People are gonna this people are not yeah. gonna just sit back. People are not gonna just be like, Oh well, okay, I guess we'll just let y'all have your way then. No. Every time 
You try to stop somebody from doing something, you just light the fucking fire underneath of them to do it more. So the religious practitioners, and just make it known that 60-something percent of the people who expressed interest in psilocybin sessions under a legal supervision in Oregon expressed that out of a desire for spiritual growth. It's not mental health that drives this. It's actually spiritual growth Mm -hmm. that drives this. And so all those people that are now going to see that the government of Oregon wants to treat our religious sacrament, our sacred practice, like a business, I got a feeling that's probably going to ruffle a few feathers. It's probably going to inspire some people to take up even greater action. Yeah. And for... Those of you who are listening that have no idea what we're talking about, you can go to, you can just do a quick little Google search, um, or maybe we'll link it in the show notes, but you can Google Oregon entheogenic practitioners, and I'm sure it'll come right up. Or go, you know, we did a podcast with John Dennis, uh, invite Maria Sabina into the room was the name of the episode. They've been working to introduce a religious measure isn't as heavily regulated as the therapeutic model. So now, you know, a religious practitioner of psilocybin, sacred mushrooms in Oregon, in order to open a facility, has to be starting out with like a quarter million or something. Like the one where you got to like pay for sacrament just screams money. It just screams. You have to put your your churches whatever you're calling them clergy or whatever the people that are working with the church you have to put them through a training program that is licensed with with the state (laughs) you know it just doesn't it's really it's just hard for me to wrap my head around (laughs) i have less stipulations with that other than the fact that the oregon health authority doesn't require their trainers to have experience with psilocybin like what the actual fuck yeah. What the actual fuck? They just, they, Oregon just it's, created a mess for themselves. It's so, or, like, <laughs> it's so funny. Like, if you are able to step outside of it enough, you could just really laugh your ass off for hours about this. What organization would license, say, a, a personal trainer who's a never worked instructor. out? A, a, yeah. Here, <laughs> here's a license to drive a 16 wheeler. Even though you've never driven one. Oh, you can Even ride a bike. Well, that's just, that's good enough. You've yeah. got 40 hours bike riding. Well, that's, that's sufficient fine. for a semi-truck driver. You've yeah. played a video game <laughs> where you've driven a truck in the video. Oh, that's great. That'll oh, work. Yeah. That's Simulation. the same. That'll do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just your, you know, spiritual, psychological, physical health and welfare that's at risk here. No big deal. No big deal. Yeah, that's fine. Sure. Come on in. Some breath work. That'll suffice. Again, like you said earlier, it is just as it needs to be. It's it's yeah. all working out, mm-hmm. and <laughs> it's just funny to think how we learn in this realm. In like it's that, infinite. It's like the learning like, is infinite, and that's like <laughs> that's the part that helps me calm the fuck down yeah. about all this is realizing that oh. This is the same thing that we've done for all of time. Yeah. Just looks a little bit differently. We'll free the slaves, just don't drink at the same water fountain. 
<laughs> That'll make things better. We're all equal here. You just can't yeah. eat in the same restaurant with us. That's right. Yeah. The fuck? It's just <laughs> how it is forever. So when yeah. you start getting really pissed off, remember, <laughs> you can settle down because it ain't ever going to stop. No. <laughs> I don't think the learning ever really ever stops. And therefore in the fun. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. As always, it's really a pleasure to be here for you, with you, and all the capacities that we are. And the beating of the drum. Mm-hmm.